All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Elevated Audio Podcast. I am your host, Chris Audio, music producer, audio engineer, event promoter, jack of all trades, based in Florida. My co-host today is a independent music producer from Spokane, Washington, Bueno Garcia. What's good? Evening, guys. And uh, today on this episode, we got uh, a very special guest, 60 East from Thought Fest. How you doing? Going on. What's going on? Yeah, man. So, um, you know, I wanted to get make started off maybe a little bit biographical, kind of let people get to know you a little bit, and then we'll get into the festival if you want. Um, so first, all, yeah. So, uh, so first of all, give us uh, an idea like where you're from, like how you got started with music in general. Yeah, so I'm from um, Ontario, California, which is uh, just outside of LA County. Um, for those of y'all not from California. I grew up like I was a b-boy first um like I was like in third grade I started break dancing because one of my older cousins was a b-boy and he taught me how to break dance and I was just like always super uh super into it as soon as I met it and then I got super embedded into the culture and then eventually my brother started DJing because he couldn't break dance and then he he started DJing and then that led to him producing and then eventually he needed people to rap over his beats. So me and the same cousin that taught me how to break dance started rapping over his beats along with some other cats from the neighborhood. And then my brother eventually started like a little independent label um, in high school. And then we was like pressing up CDs. We were just recording at my mom's house, making CDs, passing them out at school. And um, and yeah, we kind of built a local buzz and, and we had a lot of hype going and uh the main artist on our label, you know, he was about to get signed and then he ended up passing away. Everybody kind of went their own ways and I was still in high school. And then eventually um, around 2010, I decided to just really, really, uh, you know, take my chance with this music stuff and uh, and do my solo career, man. And, you know, I've been able to, you know, be out here for, you know, 10 plus years. I've been able to have a career, travel the world work with heroes, work with people that I've always wanted to work with, build, you know, a, a small fan base that I've been able to eat off of for, for over a decade, man. And um, yeah, I'm just, just blessed. That's amazing. Bueno, what you got? Man, you say you've traveled the world. That's not a lie. I've been going over some of this stuff, man. You, you've touched down the yeah. Netherlands, Czech Republic. Shoot, you even do what, a, a Portland nude festival? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, nude, it, I mean, for us, it's nude, but in, in Polish, nude, it's uh, Zabi's nude means kill the boredom. Okay, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, so Zabi's nude is the kill the boredom festival, which is a, a hip-hop festival in, like, northern Poland. It's it's literally in the middle of nowhere, man. <laughs> like, it was crazy how I came across them, but, like, um, yeah, like, we had to fly into a... Um, uh, Warsaw, yeah, well, I think Warsaw is the main city in Poland, and then we had to they they picked us up and we had to drive like four hours through Poland to get to where this show's at because there's no airports like in the area, and um, yeah, we're like by the Russian border. It's like it's super like just a crazy area that no one's ever been to, and like it was crazy when we got there. Um, I remember them telling us they were like, "Yo, you're the only American that has ever stepped foot in this city." <laughs> like. <laughs> it, it's like it's like that small of a town that nobody's ever like gone up there like that but uh, somehow i managed to like we did manage to discover each other and then they booked me to headline their festival and it was crazy to see like in the middle of nowhere that like they have this hip-hop festival that shows love to 
graffiti, breakdancing, DJing, and like not even just that. It's like um, I noticed like they had basketball was part of their thing, like street ball and like uh, other oh. things that they consider hip hop culture because it's it's kind of like. Yeah, it was, it was just a trip to see. And uh, yeah, I've been, I've been blessed, man, to be able to um, see that in various different countries. So uh, so off of that, because um, obviously you've been out a few places out in Europe and, you know, we kind of have this um, perception of that, like European audiences support American music, at least indie music, better than American audiences do, you know? And um, would you say that's true or is that kind of like, you know, maybe that's a little overstated? Yeah, I would say I, I would say it is because I remember like my first European tour going out there thinking thinking that because that's what I would always heard. I was like, yo, yeah. they they love they really support American artists and they, and and when we're touring out there, you know, they really show out and that's true. But I think not to that extent. I think it's to the okay. extent of they support old school hip hop or the golden era hip, whatever you want to call it. Like um, right. they support the culture of hip hop in a different way. They, they treat it a little different. I think us, us that we grew up with, they were kind of spoiled and it's just kind of part of our everyday That's lives. Right. But there, you know, you have to go somewhere to be like around hip hop and around people that do similar things and stuff like that. So I think that maybe the community aspect of it and the appreciation because I also think the appreciation shows off with our older artists because, you yeah, know, you go to a, you know, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but say like a KRS-One or somebody out here, he's not performing that. He's not headlining the festivals anymore. He's not performing at the Madison Square Gardens or whatever. But if he goes to Europe, they have them on that pedestal. Like they, they're, he's still headlining festivals out there and performing at these big venues that sell out and stuff like that. But I think, uh, um, we're like that with our, our rock and roll artists, like, you know, whoever led, whoever's uh, old school band, you know, can still perform and still sell out shows. But for some reason, hip hop isn't like that here because we're kind of like, a, a, I guess we're more into what's hot, what's new type stuff. And like everything else just kind of happened. But out there, they still have that appreciation for the for the old, you know, the greats and like the, the people that, that set the foundation like rock and roll has here. But um, yeah, yeah th out there, I would say that was the biggest um, shocker or whatever. Would you say that um, it's more because the market's more saturated here? Like we have independent artists coming up and big artists in every city now. And like there, it's more like they're, they're just exposed to what we give them. Yeah, I mean, there's... You know, I could go outside, throw a rock, and hit a rapper right now. You know what I mean? That's the truth. And, um, and, and yeah, you're you're right. Europe Europe's not like that. And and I think um yeah, that that might also have something to do with it. And then I think, you know, if they see someone out there from somewhere different doing their thing, um, this might apply to anywhere because I've noticed it in the states when I'm in different states or whatever, that um if they see you, you know, out there doing your thing, the perception is like, oh, they're successful enough to be out here doing their thing. You know what I mean? Like, let me check them out or whatever. One hundred percent. That same thing that's happened to us on the road. We go out to we were out <clears throat> out on your coast. Actually, we were out in Spokane. We were out in San Jose. We were in, you know, and Seattle was that was that was tougher because I was like, I'm. Um, monday night or something like that so that, that turnout wasn't great but um but for the most part yeah turnouts were really good and then you come back home and it's like i mean yeah you got some good shows obviously back at home but 
you know, sometimes like, oh, well, you know, uh, my girl wants to do this, you know, I'll catch you with the next one or whatever, you know? Um, so it's, uh, I don't know, maybe people feel a little more comfortable missing stuff um, locally. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, you, you, you know, you hit the road and it seems like support sometimes is a, a little bit better, you know? Yeah. And I mean, they say, um, as like a metaphor analogy, you know, they life in your hometown and you're not always going to find all your fans in your hometown. You know what I mean? Like you have True. to, wherever you go, you know what I mean? They're even, even if it's a handful of people or that one person that rocks with your music, because there's people out here making music that doesn't appeal to the masses. You know what I mean? It might only appeal to a, a small group of people, but if you're able to go out and find those people and, you know, build them and build it online, then you could have a career. Like I, I've seen people, I mean, we all know, we all see artists up there whose music that we don't like, but for some reason they have a cult following or whatever. And, um, it's just because they were able to find that niche market. And uh, yeah, if somebody like fucking Riff Raff or something can have a fan base, yeah. you know what I mean? Like anybody, yeah, no can have, anybody can have a, a fan base, but it's just about finding those fans. And it's like, it might only be a handful in your city and you go to the next city right. and it's like, oh, maybe there's a lot more here. And it's like, oh shit, maybe this market yeah. or whatever just finds my music better or it hits better or whatever. You know what I mean? No, you're right. Because you know and you know we all make underground hip-hop here you know and i i come from like a boom bap background and yeah is boom bap like the prevalent sound no that's okay though um because i know that there's still a there's a market you know for it because every city we go to and i'm sure you experience this at some point where people are like wow i really like these type of hip-hop shows I really like these type of hip hop shows. I didn't know people were really doing it like this as much anymore because they just think that like everything is like a mumble rap show or whatever, or trap or whatever it may be. Um, and respect to any other subgenres or whatever, which is not what I do. Um, but I also recognize that it doesn't matter where you go, there is some kind of audience for it. And maybe, maybe you'll have, like you said, you know, 10, 15, 30 hardcore fans locally but guess what there might be those same 20 30 35 40 people in every other market too you know oh, so it's kind of got to tap into as many markets as you can obviously <laughs> yeah exactly and i mean with the internet these days there's ways to do that without even sure. touring i let me uh, i don't know generation watching the people it's like oh you gotta literally the people i was uh, working under they were like yo you need to fucking uh you need to get your toothbrush fill your backpack up with nothing but cds and go in a van and don't come home until you've sold all ten thousand of the cds that you have <laughs> and like that's that's the school of uh that i came from you know what i mean but those people grew up without the internet you know there wasn't instagram and and all these things going tiktok and all this stuff going on there so it's like we're literally in a whole new era where I know people that have never toured a day in their life, but have massive fan bases because they just yep. be rapping on TikTok all day. And it's, and you know, they were able to tap into their market that way. And um, then they, they use those numbers to take it to the road. And then they discover like, Oh, maybe some of these people are only online or maybe only half of these people actually come out to the show or whatever it may be, but it's just, it's a whole different game these days, you know?
so much more different now i come from an area like you guys are both from areas where your market is much larger like my city like honestly is so scattered and small that like if i was just to sit stay in spokane i would have done nothing and you know people like chris who helped me branch out across the country and now i'm working with people you know midwest I mean, I haven't touched down in New York yet, hopefully someday, but you know, all of that comes from branching out through the internet and I would have never been able to do that if it wasn't for the connections that we have now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I literally booked my first European tour off of Facebook. Yeah. There you go. Right up, like I didn't, you go. Send, I didn't have to send one email. Everything was just off people on Facebook and I was just like, still like mind blown over that. Oh yeah. It's true though, man. It's just a different era, you know. Uh, I want to ask you about that though. Um, so you said that was your your first European tour. You booked it entirely through Facebook. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this: as it relates to you booking the tours, was that something where people were reaching out to, you, or you were like, "Screw it, I'm gonna just grab the bull by the horns, and I'm just gonna set up this tour." My bad. The the audio had kind of cut out a little bit. No worries. I, I wanted to get more of like an idea of like how you set up that initial tour or, you know, was that like, you know, the demand just started and, you know, someone else kind of facilitated that or you were just like, you know, screw it. I'm going to just grab the bull by the horns and I'm just going to set up this tour and get out to Europe. So the very first tour, um, I was I was performing as part of a group called First Dirt, which was a, a, yeah, a group I was a part of. And there was no demand. Honestly, we were just like, we had did it like uh, around the country before we were like, yo, ain't nobody booking us. We're going to book our own shows, book our own artists and all that and just make it happen. And we had that same mentality going to Europe. And how I did it off of Facebook was um, first I, I I reached out to to the connects that I saw that were booking uh, people that I knew already that were going to Europe. Like I had friends that were already touring Europe regularly. So I would see, you know, their dates or the venues or whatever, and then they would be tagging the promoters or whatever, and I just like holler at the promoters. That was step one. Uh, step two was going to like these various Facebook groups. You know how they have like fucking um, Miami hip hop group or fucking New York hip hop group. They have, you know, Amsterdam hip hop group, France hip hop group, and just starting looking through there and being like, oh, this guy throws shows, or this guy's an artist out there, or, this guy's a DJ. Let me holler at these dudes and see if we can get in the studio or if we can get an interview or if we can line up a show. And then step three would be like, um, actually like cold calling, like seeing, going through the same list of, of made like every tour flyer I would see of artists in Europe that made my similar kind of music, I would fucking save it. And then I would just like yeah. go to the, look up the venues, Facebook, get their contact info and contact them directly and just, you know, send them the pitch of the tour or whatever, send them the numbers, send them my videos and just whatever. And then doing all three of those things like relentlessly for, for a couple of months, I was able to string along like a good two weeks out there. And we had like, we had shows, we had interviews, we had studio sessions. And um, that initial tour introduced me to Europe. And then because of that tour, like my solo brand started building out there and then six months later there's a demand and i'm getting booked for festivals out there and people are hitting me to come back to their city or their country or their venue or whatever and it's like okay this this those stepping stones led to the next tour and then all the people i met on that tour led to the next tour and and so on yeah. that's amazing 
Oh, I think we lost him for a second. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there you are. All right, cool. So you started, I know you, so you had that experience already of booking your own shows here in the States. You set that up. So at what point did you decide that you wanted to, you know, go bigger with it, you know, and set up the, the happiness pursuit fest? Um, shit. Like after, after years of touring and performing at festivals and throwing our own shows, <clears throat> there was a conversation that we would always have this, like, yo, we should do a big show one day. And, you know, we, we should do a festival or an outdoor, like a park event, something like that. And like build our own, build our own thing. And then around 2016, like, uh, first dirt broke up and I started doing my solo thing. And then I started touring like crazy and like I had always been touring like crazy since 2010 and then I kind of got tired of it like I was like man you know let's let me find let me find something different I was just kind of getting bored of doing the same thing and I had had a daughter in 2015 so 2017 came around my daughter starting to walk and talk already and um I was getting bored of touring so I was like yo let me do something that that's going to keep me home more but continue to grow my brand in the hip-hop scene and and let me, I've always wanted to do something for my city and build something within the community, like a platform for other up and coming artists. And then the festival made sense. And I, at the time, um, I had already been working with a local venue that was family owned and I was throwing small shows in there. And then my brother-in-law who owns this, the venue gave me the idea. He was like, yo, what if we do something in the parking lot? And that's when I was like, I've always wanted to do a festival. Here's my space to do it. And then that's where the idea was born. That's what's up. <laughs> so, so um, a question, actually. go ahead. No, go for it. Um, so that all happened within a few years. I noticed that because um, obviously I had to check check your music out. I wasn't going to go cold turkey into this. Yeah. So I was seeing that you started to get some big names on those tracks like Blue and, you know, Sky, Sky Zoo and stuff like that. Like I. I was curious, was it the, like the tours you did before and like setting up this festival that came first that got you connected with these people or was it more they like was something that was already happening that while this was going on? Um, so before, I mean, I had been touring, making music and doing all that seven years prior to the festival. So like I had already had you know a fan base i had relationships in the industry i all, all that music was pretty much out yeah that would that just came from i mean i live in la you know what i mean so we crossed yeah. paths with a lot of these people and then blue specifically we had booked blue um i'm trying to remember how our relationship started i, I honestly met blue for the first time at be real tv because i was doing an interview and then as I was walking out, he was walking in and then we were like, yo, you know, let's let's work or whatever. And then that eventually led to us him being on my first album. After, and then, you know, we had built like we had booked him for a couple of shows or whatever and just see kept running into each other. So I had asked him to be on my first album and he said, yeah. And the special thing about that was Blue has over like 500 features with artists. You know what I mean? But oh, yeah. But but one thing Blue does not have is a lot of music videos, and he doesn't do music videos for any of those features. 
So when I asked him, I was like, yo, Blue, like, would you be down to do a music video? Initially, he told me no. He was like, bro, I don't do music videos. Like, you can check my catalog. Like, I don't even have music videos for my own shit. He's just, this is not something I do. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, I wrote it off. But then, like, I, I asked again, like, maybe a month later or something. And then I was like, look, man, like, we got the homie Sly Boogie on the song. Um, We'd really like you. We'd really like to do a music video because this is going to be the single to my album. And and he ended up saying, yeah, he was like, you know what, bro, I fuck with you. I like the song. I, I'm a fan of Sly Boogie as well. And he's like, I'm not even I, I ain't going to charge you or nothing. Like, I'm just going to pull up. And like even the show, the day we shot the music video, dude, I ended up being like two hours late because I was in traffic and no. blue. Blue is there waiting, like chilling. And then he's like, yo, where you at? Where you at? And I'm like, dog, I'm in traffic. I was like, dude, leave. I told him, I was like, leave. Like, I cannot ask you to wait. And he's like, I'm here, bro. Like, let, let's get let's get it. Like, I already committed to it. He ended up waiting for two hours, bro, for, for us to get there cool. and, and shoot everything. It's like, yeah. So, I mean, Blue, Blue's really like a, um, somebody who's helped me out um, in the game just based off, uh, off mutual respect. Sky Zoo, um... Damn, Sky Zoo. What happened with Sky Zoo? Um, I was honestly just... We should make an episode just asking you how you came to contact all these people because of the list of people you worked with. Yeah, I could, I could ask you that every single one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, yeah, we could be here all day. But uh, but honestly, uh, long story short, it was just like uh, just relationships that I was able to build over the years, at least for, for everything pre-2017. Because after 2017, I did start meeting people through the festival and that led to us having a relationship uh in the music hell yeah so with the festival is it um well actually before i even ask that this is not a question i ex i was expecting to ask but i'm just gonna ask it because it's a thought i have all the time and i feel adamant about it <clears throat> below the heavens top 10 hip-hop hip-hop album all time yes or no yes i agree okay cool yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a, I, I because I, I just believe yes, flatly. Number one, um, specifically for me, uh, I don't know if it's in my personal top ten, but um, I mean, I ain't mad at anybody that says it's in their top ten, and I've heard a lot of people say it is. And uh, me personally, I I did it. I was a, I was there for that album when it came out. I was like, I think I was in high school, but that's not what I was listening to at the time. Like, I didn't catch Below the Heavens until like two thousand twelve. Oh, yeah, wow. okay. Yeah, like I had missed. I, I wasn't up on Blue like that. And then it took my partner from First Dirt. He actually had a song with Blue and he put me on it with music. And then I was right. like, yo, this dude is crazy. And he's like, you don't know who this guy is. And he's yeah. like, yo, go check out Below the Heavens. And then from there, I was just like, boom, okay, like I get it now, you know? Yeah. I had a, 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 so I had a coworker around that time. It was probably like, what, when did that album drop? It was like 2008, 2009, something like that. Oh, um, yeah, 2007, I think. Something like that. Okay. And I had a, a coworker around. Actually, yeah, it was like 2007. And, um, you know, he knew that I was listening to like Little Brother and I was listening to like, you know, all these like underground, you know, artists, you know, you know, he knew I was like heavy into like atmosphere and, and stuff like that. And he was like, I know you don't know who this guy is, but I really recommend you listen to this dude, Blue. This album is incredible. I'm like, all right, send it over to me. Like, yo, this is fire. <laughs> like, yeah. This is amazing. But yeah, for me personally, top 10. 
But Dude, um, that, at that time, I was like, I'm listening to the game, you know, in the streets, hustling type shit. Yeah. Like, if I had heard <laughs> Below the Heavens, I'd be like, turn this shit off. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, it, it changed me, your like, top 10 song. What was that? Well, I noticed you had a top 10 song and you were going over all your favorites. Do you think if you would have heard that earlier, it would have affected that song? Yeah, for sure. I think Blue, I, I you know, I, I, there was a lot of people that I didn't get to mention in that, in that song, in that list. Um, but yeah, I, I think it would have, because Blue, Blue's pen is something different and he's definitely been yeah, a big sure. inspiration to me over the past 10 years. He's cut from a different breed. For yeah. real. No, you're right, though, about, like, the time and place that you hear a certain artist might, it, you know, kind of impact, like, whether you actually, like, take in the music at that time as opposed to, like, later on because I'm a little bit older than you. So, like, when I was in high school, it was, like, early, like, early, two, I graduated 2003. So, like, around that time, like, only, only shit, I was listening to all that Rockefeller shit. All, that's, like, all I was listening to. And I was listening to, like, all the Rockefeller shit. I was listening to Dipset. You know, um, it's like right before like Kanye like blew up, right before like Fifty blew up. So like that's the only shit I was on. I really wasn't I wasn't digging for like underground music like that. And obviously the internet hadn't really popped like that, you know, um, for music. But but yeah, by the, especially by that time, by like the 2007, 2008, 2009, that was just like the only shit I was listening to was underground, you know. Yeah, you're, you're, my, uh, you're my older brother's age. My older brother graduated 2003, and that was actually my freshman year. And, um, okay. yeah, so I, I was there right when, like you said, you were there before 50. I was there right as 50 was popping. So, like, yeah. the soundtrack to my freshman year was Get Rich or Die Trying. And then from there, yeah. from there, with the <laughs> documentary. And then that's, I was all aftermath, yeah. you know what I mean? And that, that's the only thing I was listening to. But, um, but, yeah, you know, we're definitely on the same wavelength. True. So when it comes to uh, the back to the thought fest, is this kind of like um, you kind of mentioned a couple of people involved, you know, like, you know, said, you know, I think you said your brother, you know, with the parking lot and everything. Is this kind of like your brainchild or is this a team effort? Oh, this is my baby, bro. <laughs> so you, much you're very hands on with this. Yeah, um, I, it was funny because I was at a. I was at I I heard radio yesterday and like one of the guys there like they throw huge festivals you know what I mean and he's like yo who runs your who runs your advertising department I was like me he's like who runs social media I was like me he's like who runs booking I was like me he's like who runs marketing I was like me <laughs> he's like who runs who runs merchandising I'm like me he's like bro how do you do? he's like I have a whole twenty people staff that does everything that you do. And then me and my cameraman, my the dude that runs all my media, we just looked at each other and we're like, bro, this is what we do. Like this, we've been doing everything since we we're independent artists. You know, we gotta wear many hats, bro. I've done it all from tour managing to booking agent to press to PR. I mean, I've done it all, you know what I mean? So to me, I'm just used to doing the work. So I'm basically the one that does everything. Um I shout out to to Wacko, uh, my homie Wacko, who does all the all the graphics, all the media flyers, anything digital, the twitching, like all that stuff is him. Your all videos are sick, like they're they're solid. Thank you, thank you. That's him. He and he, I brought him in from you know us doing music videos for the past ten years, and then it was like, all right, now you're shooting the festival. And um, my yeah. baby mama also does a lot for the festival because she represents the venue and she takes care of all the legal stuff, all the 
all the flights, hotels, like all the tech, like that stuff she takes care of. But everything else is yeah. it's on me. But uh, yeah, at the very beginning, that's it was just me in the room. And I was like, OK, I need a name. I need a concept. I need a logo. And like I put it all together and um, yeah, to brought it brought it to the world, man. But suffice to say, if you had four arms like Goro, you'd be, you know, you'd be like doing your own photography and your own videography, like while you're performing and shit. It sounds like you're very hands on and like, because yeah. I know how it is, you know, you know, especially if I don't judge you for doing any of that, because <laughs> when it comes to all the stuff that we do. Not me and Bueno. He does a lot of his own shit. But I'm like this big. Like shows, I said I'm very. Yeah, I'm a control freak. So I I like taking on the responsibility of wearing many hats. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm the exact same way, dude. Like I, I they say, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself, man. So then uh, I kind of live yeah. by the motto because I try to pass certain jobs on to other people, and it's like, dude, get out the way. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, the things I pass off are stuff that like I know for sure. Like. I know for sure someone close to me is flatly better than me at it. Like yeah. when I need graphics, I got, I got another artist that I know and I got Bueno <laughs> and it's them too. I, I leave the graphics to them cause I've tried it. It's not my forte, you know, um, the video yeah. stuff, not my thing. You know, I, there's certain, certain skills. I'm just like, you know what? That's just not me. You know, I was a tech yeah. ed in school. So that like oh, there you go. the hip hop came later. I was just the nerd. <laughs> yeah i mean so i learned real quick though i learned year one i thought i could do everything but the day of the show you can't do everything because i was like oh yeah i could check in artists i could manage the stage i could uh, nah bro like i learned real quick that that was not yeah. happening so we do have a, a strong team that helps the day of the uh, majority of so like you know shout out to olivia uh brick to your face noah lisa platform collection chris eddie um everybody that helps out with the festival what else would you what else do you want people to know about the festival? I mean, aside from like the fact that every year you've got like a, a really like a fantastic lineup, honestly, um, it's really, really, you know, from what I see, it's it's curated like really, really excellently. It's almost like if <laughs> if I was set, if I was setting it up, this is like the exact artist I would love to have on. You know, I'm seeing this like, damn, this is the lineup I want. Shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, we're the people that put together this festival are all from the culture. Like we've all been artists and managers and stuff like that. And we're our first love is hip hop. You know what I mean? So we're trying to deliver a hip hop experience like no other that, that you can't find anywhere else right now. Especially as you mentioned, the artists that we book aren't artists you're gonna see on Rolling Loud or the big hip hop festivals that are happening right now. We're I don't wanna say purist. Nah, I I hate that word honestly, but like we're we're trying to build a platform for artists that that don't have a platform that that should have a platform. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, even like the people that before they get to the masses, like the Benny and the Conways, um, grabbing them while they're still independent and giving a stage, giving a stage to independent artists. Because like I I really preach independence. I've always been like fuck the industry, fuck the labels, all that. Do it yourself, and then being able to see. it's like okay we need to give these people a platform and um that that's that's basically it that's what i would say and it's like there's not a lot of i would say we're one of the few handful of people that are still booking this kind of hip-hop this uh that we specifically cater to independent hip-hop I, I honestly can't name you another festival that does that um we had sound 
we had Soundset. They they kind of stopped doing their thing. Um, Hyro Day, you know, does a good job of yeah. um, of that, but I, I feel like they still mix, you know, mainstream artists or whatever, non-independent artists or whatever. But um, other than that, like, I, I couldn't name you one, dude. And as an artist, I'm constantly looking for these festivals so I can perform at them. And um, yeah, so we're we're just here trying to trying to build something that that's not really being represented right now. And um, you know, we we want to invite everybody that that supports that kind of music and that kind of movement to the show. That's what hip hop needs right now. Yeah, I mean, shit, that's the kind of festivals we're trying to set up out here. I mean, I, we're gonna have to have a separate conversation off the <laughs> off this call to talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Because uh, yeah, we're we're five years deep on uh, on our ozone fest. That's in Orlando, and then uh, we started the SoFlo fest this year, um, earlier this year. And um, yeah, we're trying to. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say that they're quite at the scale uh, that you guys are doing it, but they're kind of done in that same vein. You know, like the first year we had rapper Big Pooh headlining. You know, then we had uh, we had Mickey Fax headlining the next year and uh, recognize. You know, so you know we're kind of trying to just really really promote you know uh i don't want to say quality hip-hop but um hip-hop that has uh lyricism really at the forefront uh of you know and um the mc yeah we definitely need something like that up here because uh we definitely have the fans but we don't have the the motivated people like you guys to, like, I'd probably say that I have to, a lot of work to do to set something like that up. Man, it would be dope if, like, Macklemore were to build, like, a dope-ass festival like that up there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's the perfect yeah. person to branch Seattle and Spokane, because he's from both cities. Oh, yeah, I see. I didn't know that. I just, um, but yeah, I think his journey specifically, just being independent for so long, and then getting to the highest level as an independent and being able to instead of sign to the labels just hire the labels to do some of the work like that that's a yeah. success story to me like no other and um yeah i've always been a fan of macklemore early on and uh yeah i think he would be the perfect person to do it absolutely well, we're gonna have to hopefully he sees this no. <laughs> yeah. that's right um, so one well, other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, how does like the Arts Foundation factor in with the Fest? So we had started the the Arts Foundation because we wanted back to building something locally and wanting to sure. you know help local artists and and at risk youth that are trying to get into the music industry or the arts or anything that has to do with that kind of stuff. We really eventually the the goal is to build like um a facility where we can actually mentor uh kids and, and artists and you know have workshops and have a life have a studio there so they don't got to pay for studio time and provide introducing them having relationships and networks where we can introduce them to podcast hosts like yourselves and stuff like that so they can you know start doing interviews and maybe have a podcast station so the people that are interested in getting into the podcast world can do it there and um, yeah, we really just want to try to build something locally to help the local music community. And um, when we started the festival, it was kind of like, oh, okay, this could be a, an aspect of the foundation and we could have some of the kids from our foundation perform at the festival or 
sure. be be staff so they can familiarize themselves with event production and throwing shows and and everything that goes into this kind of stuff. That's amazing, actually. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to plug them in. What do you say, Bueno? Oh, I said keeping the youth busy, which is a super. Oh yeah, yeah. right now. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I've, you know, I have a pretty strong belief, and I think you guys agree with me that I think a lot of decisions, you know, a lot of people kind of like veer off path a little bit. You know, a lot of that happens around like what 14 to 18, 19 years old, and it's because there isn't really a lot of guidance and they're, you know, even if they have an interest in something musical or not even music, anything, you know, maybe they just don't realize where their outlets are, you know, in order to like really like build on that, that interest or build on that passion, you know? So I think it's a, a beautiful thing to be able to provide that, you know? Yeah, thank you, man. Um, yeah. Back to like, I, I was, you know, like growing up, like I got in a lot of trouble just, you know, just again, not not having something to do pretty much and just running the streets and then getting into all of that stuff. It's just like I see I see the younger people now and I'm just like, yo, I, I like to guide people, you know what I mean? And give them advice or you know, pass them up. True. Like, if I could be that for the city and it's kind of like a role that I've kind of started growing into with the festival that people are looking up to me or asking me for advice and stuff like that. So it's kind of just like it kind of just makes sense, you know? Yeah. Great. Super inspiring. Definitely. Bueno, you got anything else before we go? Uh, you know, we covered quite a bit. Yeah, yeah we did. Um, I guess nah. I just I, I had one question that I was gonna ask just because I'm a super fan, but uh, I'm kind of <laughs> curious how you got into contact with Joel Ortiz because he's a Brooklyn rapper, and that's like you guys are way far apart. That happened because uh, we actually had the same booking agent at the time, and um, he was on tour with Ill Mind promoting their human their human album, okay. and they were gonna do um, like a, they had a string of dates in the West Coast, and then me and my my crew were pretty live at the time, and we had a good following, and we were like you know we were known for bringing a, a good crowd to the shows. So the booking agent like pitched us as supporting acts to the tour and to Joel and everybody and we got approved. So we ended up doing the West Coast tour with them via the booking agent. And um yeah, that 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 was basically it. I didn't have like I didn't have a relationship with him prior to that. The the booking agent hooked us up and then on the tour, you know, we met and we were like, we got the same agent, we're both Latino. Um, you know, we had a good time, you know what I mean? We was like kicking in and stuff like that. But to be honest, like um that's a that's a contact or a relationship that uh, I didn't really maintain. So we haven't really we haven't really spoken or kept up since then. But um, sure. it was that it was definitely an experience. That's awesome. I was just curious. I'm gonna leave you on this. I want to ask you one question because you've done a lot, of course, and you've worked with a lot of people, and you know you've put out music, you put, you know, you've set up the festival, you know, you've worked with a lot of people and been on tour, you know, everywhere. What's one achievement that you, that to you, career-wise, that stands out kind of above the rest? If oh yeah, can, I, say, I say this all the time, man. I got it. I got it tattooed right here, bro. The uh, the pay, pay dues, the pay dues festival, uh, mer, mer, emergency yeah. throw. Um, yeah. Back to coming up in that era, you know what I mean? Like if you got selected to perform at the pay dues festival nationally, the perception yeah. was like, oh, these guys are next. So these guys are on. 
And even to get on the festival, like just getting MERS and Guerrilla Union's attention, who were throwing the two biggest festivals at the time with Rock the Bells and Pay Dues out here at least. And um, just getting recruited onto that show, let us know that like, yo, we're, we're doing our thing. And like, we had to earn our spot. It wasn't just given to us. Like we campaigned to get on that show. And after a year of fucking following, And he was just like, you know what, you guys, you guys deserve the spot and gave it to us. And uh, yeah, to this day, I say that that was the best day of my life and definitely my biggest accomplishment in, in the music industry. I can attest because um, to what you said a second ago, because I'm out here in Miami and Miami does not support boom bap music as well as a lot of other markets. And when I would see those pay dues uh, flyers, I'd be like, if, if there was a name I didn't recognize, I'd be like, this must be like the, the guy who's next up. Yeah. I would literally see it that way, you know, and then I would actually start looking into them and, and all that, you know, so I could definitely attest to that. Man, to, uh, to, be, to be honest, I, I mean, I was exactly the same way. And to be honest, like there's people that started at that, at that spot that are world stars now from, I remember yep. big, big Sean was at that program. Yep. Kate K Flay was at that bottom row at one point. Like so so many artists have that that story, you know. Yeah, it's crazy to dig back and you look at some of the flyers and you look at the names that are in the smaller print, and you're just like, this guy's big now, you know. <laughs> the even the the McLemores and the Kendricks, like they started, you know, towards the bottom. Exactly. Exactly. The double XL freshman classes that brought them to the masses. Yep. True. That also. Um, yeah, I know Mac. I think Macklemore had been on uh, Pay Dues or Rock the Bells prior to to the Double XL thing. Um, yeah, I mean a, a lot of them, dude. It's just like that that whole era too. That whole mixtape era, man. It was just like the blog yeah. era. You know, it was just like a crazy time, also. So before I, uh, before we let you go, um, is there anything else that you want to mention about uh, Thought Fest? Is, is there uh, anything else? Anything else you want to plug, really? Um, yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, check out our lineup. You know, we got Reason representing TDE, the Far Side Legendary Hip Hop Group celebrating the 30 year anniversary of the Bizarre Ride album. Sugar Free, Hip Hop's favorite pimp, Sci High the Prince, Ninth Wonder, Locksmith, Open Mike Eagle, hosted by Murs. Lush one. I mean, it's just, you know, if this, if you're in this hip hop shit like that, man, you, this is something for you. Absolutely. Come check, come check us out. Come rock with us. If you hear this interview, man, like hit me up for free tickets, especially if you're coming, from <laughs> out, if you're coming from out of state, like I'll give you free tickets. Like if you just send me your plane ticket or whatever, like I, I always tell people that too. Like if, if you're making the trip, um, just hit me up for free tickets. That's it. Yeah. I need to book my ticket today. <laughs> oh yeah yeah hell yeah bro <laughs> but uh yeah man uh 60 it's a it's been a, a real honor we appreciate your time and um much love yeah, yeah definitely got to make it out there for sure yeah hope, hope to see you guys here man we'd, we'd love to have you definitely definitely I, man i think go ahead what were you gonna say Bono? oh i just said likewise we would absolutely love to have him up here 
Oh yeah, definitely. No, we got to bring you uh, bring you out to Florida as well. So I mean, like I said, we're gonna have to have some separate conversations off the call. So yeah, I wish we would we would have had this maybe like two weeks ago because I was in Miami two weeks ago. Oh no, man. oh shit! <laughs> it, was my, it was my it was my first time out there, and it's funny too because I was actually like trying to find people that that. Yeah. That I could link up with out there, but I just couldn't connect with nobody. Ah, oh, shit, yeah. man. Just missed Sorry, that time's out. Yeah. yeah, just miss you, man. Where where were you staying? Where where about about uh, what area were you? My uh, mid. I don't. Hold on, lost you for a second there. Oh, uh, Miami Beach, uh, South Beach area. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. So you you were in like the hot spot. Yeah, yeah, I was on, I was on vacation, man. So, and it was my first time out there, so I was like trying to get it in. <laughs> well, you have a good time. Yeah, it was cool. It was hot as shit. Um, <laughs> that 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 humidity was like I wasn't used to it. I'm from Cali, man. I was like, yeah, it's not humid yeah. that out there. And um, yeah, you get you get warm out there. You get sunny out there, but it's like that humidity is just it. It just yeah, it's killing out here. Man. I was outside like trying to smoke or something. I would just be sweating. I was like, yeah. this is not <laughs> it, man. But um. Yeah, definitely. I had a good time. It was cool. Uh, a lot of good food. Yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, a lot of food out here. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, man, now we'll have to get you on the next time you're out in the area, too. So, all right, man, we'll appreciate your time and we'll uh, we'll have to chop it up soon. And uh, if I don't talk to you between now and uh, and the fest, you know, definitely, uh, you know, I don't I want to say good luck, but I mean, I, I'm sure it's going to go great, but I hope it goes great, you know. But um, you know, we'll, we'll have to chop it up soon. Yeah, thank, thank you guys, thank you for that too, man. And um, yeah, you know, hit hit me, man. Let let's build on something in Spokane definitely. or Miami. Um, definitely Absolutely. would like to come out and check out, you know, Ozone Fest and everything too. I I have seen that also. That's what's up, man. Yeah, no, definitely want to get you out there. So yeah, that's gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep building, like you said. So all right, man. We'll we'll talk soon, all right? All right, man. Thank you, guys. Peace. All right, peace.